mighty most deaf. It's simple mathematics. Check it out. I'll revolve around science. What are we talking about here? Hello and welcome to Duke by the Numbers, your Duke basketball podcast. Is that what I say? I don't remember. It's been a while. I don't know how to intro this. Duke by the Numbers, baby. We're back. We're doing another one. Uh, We've got a guest again. We've got a really exciting uh, show for you, a really cool concept that I think you're going to enjoy. Uh, First things first, exhibition game tonight. If you're listening to this the day that it drops, uh, very exciting that the season is Right upon us, uh, you're certainly going to hopefully see me on some of the crazy TWT live. What's the show called, Ryan? What's the? We call it Crazy Twitter Live. Crazy uh, Twitter Live? Yeah. Yeah, TWT was Zion's brilliant uh, Twitter acronym. So uh, Sure, that works. Whatever you call it, yeah. Yeah, so we'll be, you'll see me on that pretty soon. I'm sure we'll be doing some of those uh, shortly and hopefully when the season gets started in earnest. Uh, I'll just have more stuff to talk about. I had sort of had this idea that over the summer I would do a bunch of wild ideas, uh, sort of crazy off-season things, but then I got busy and I didn't feel like it. So (laughs) (laughs) you guys don't pay me to do this podcast. Once you start paying me to do the podcast, then I'll come up with as many ideas as you would like. But until then, you'll take what I give you, my beautiful little minions. Uh, (laughs) uh, We've already gone off the rails two minutes in. I love it. Uh, My guest today already jumped in because I asked him to jump in as a really good host of a podcast would do. Get the guest in before you've introed the guest. Uh, You know him as the Duke Nation on Twitter, uh, you uh, also may know him as that deathly sick guy in Minnesota, uh, but he is here today to give his Michael Jordan flu game of the podcasting world. Uh, it's Ryan. What's up, Ryan? What's going on, man? Yeah, we're uh, we're not thriving over here, but we're surviving, and uh, I couldn't make the the fans wait any longer. And uh, yeah, with the game coming up tonight, hopefully I'll be, it starts at 6 p.m. my time, but I was in bed by 7 last night. So uh, let's hope I can make it through it. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm excited. The season's here. Just take a shot of adrenaline, do the uh, like Uma Thurman and Pulp Fiction, just needle to the heart. Uh, that'll Seriously. As long as it gives me some hydration effect too, there will be a little IV action. We'll, we'll be golden. Yeah, it'll be very interesting tonight before we get into our thing. The the game tonight, if I saw correctly, like their power forward and center are like six, seven, six, eight. You know, like they are not a big team, obviously. Uh, there are several levels below us in terms of like I don't even think they're division two, right? They're they're lower than that. So no, I, yeah. it it really shouldn't be the sort of thing that poses any sort of uh, issue in terms of the end result. Um, but I will be interested in particular in the first, you know, 10 minutes or so, especially if we do start both flip and young, both guys that will be sizably bigger than their biggest player, but also would probably be slower than uh, the guys who will be guarding them. So it'll be sort of an interesting, very like Kirkland brand, uh, you know, version of what we are likely to see several times throughout the season. Uh, Any, Quick thoughts on the uh, Filipowski Young uh, starting lineup configuration that we heard about in Houston. Yeah, I like your like the Kirkland description of that. Yeah, I mean slow, not flashy by any means. Like um, I know Flip got <clears throat> praised a little bit for how his shot was looking in that secret scrimmage against Houston, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about. But um, I mean, no, these these exhibition games are to me, it's just don't get hurt. Um, same sure. with the, the countdown to craziness games. Um, I know nothing about Fayetteville State. I think down south they call it Fayetteville or Fayetteville. What do you what do they say down there? I, I mean, I would say Fayetteville. Fayetteville. Okay, we'll go we'll go Fayetteville for uh, <clears throat> for the time being. But yeah, I, six 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 seven. I mean, there's no reason why Ryan Young should be able to just do a a post up turnaround bang off the backboard bucket every time down the uh, down the court. Um, I'd be interested to see more so on the guard play. I want to see Roach and Proctor, uh, see how they uh, mesh and play together since it was something that seemed to be a little bit of a of a uh, fuzzy spot in that Houston scrimmage. So I want to see them get it clicking a little bit. 
obviously you take every single one of these games with a grain of salt. It only can show you so much, but at least having experience against teams that are not wearing uh, Duke is, is always good experience. So uh, I'm really interested in that. And then just to see uh, guys like Mark Mitchell and then even Jalen Blake's coming in off the bench. Um, I, I don't know what kind of run he's going to get this year, but I, I can't imagine a guy like that stuck around just to sit on the bench all season again. So um, that's kind of what I'm looking forward to in tonight's game. And then the other two, not exhibition games, but by games that Duke has next uh, coming up here next week. It'll be an interesting combination of especially the young talent, because guys like Mitchell and Blake's like scream transition and obviously guys like flip. And even though he's not, uh, he's not a young player, no pun intended, you know, Ryan young being new to our team, also definitely a half court player flip a half court player. Uh, it'll I think Roach and Proctor can do both. Both of them can do both. Uh, in particular, Proctor, uh, just with his live dribble passing, can really slice up a team in the half court uh, or on the move. So I, I, I'll be interested. Like, I think that these are the things everybody sort of says you can toss out the exhibitions. They don't mean anything. But I think it's true that they don't mean anything like in terms of result. But you can definitely start to learn things in terms of the style of play. You know, you can you can deduce what sort of uh, stuff your team is likely to be running in the regular season, what uh, they're going to be looking to do. Like if your team runs in all the exhibitions, odds are your team's a running team. If you slow it down the exhibitions, odds are they're a slowdown team. So I, I think that will have some value. And again, the flip young starting lineup really implies to me <laughs> that it would be a slowdown lineup, but Mark Mitchell at the three definitely is more of a run guy. Um so that's really interesting to me. I would not, I'm not surprised at all that we would have tried to slow down against Houston, uh, certainly. Um, and I definitely throw yeah. out the Houston, uh, as I tweeted, I mean, Houston's got the best backcourt in the country, <laughs> like especially defensively. Uh, so the fact that Roach and Proctor struggled after traveling to Houston to play against the the most experienced and best backcourt in the country like i yeah i have mm -hmm. no concerns about that in the long run i think that if we saw them in march roach and proctor would probably also still struggle to some degree we would have to find ways to win uh beyond the guard play in a real game against them so yeah i i'm not sweating it i i guess the today is an interesting one in terms of just how much will Ryan Young be used in the regular season? Like, again, maybe it's the sort of thing that mm -hmm. I shouldn't be taking any thoughts from, but I, I certainly wouldn't have thought as we were texting about a little bit that he would have started or played as much against Houston, even with the experience. If that wasn't a plan going forward, at least in the early part of the season to give him some real tick. I know that Northwestern fans were really high on him didn't think Collins played him enough, uh, especially because of that sort of back to the basket uh, efficiency that at least from the box score, I obviously couldn't see the scrimmage, but it seemed like it was on display in the Houston game. It'll be interesting to see if we bust mm -hmm. it out more. That's such a big 10 style of play though. I, I, I have, I have some questions, but it'll be interesting to see what we do today against a, a team that is small and will certainly want to run. I don't, it doesn't look like they're a great shooting team, but they're also probably for their level, a very good shooting team. Um, you know, 33, 34% might just be really good for where they play. Um, yeah. So no concerns, but again, some intrigue in terms of like what rotationally we, we try to do. Um, I, I also just wanted to mention because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I've also been a party to this. And so I, I want to just like make clear on a podcast. I, I think flip is going to be really valuable to the team. I think after some of the, you know, tape from the practices and then the blue white game, and then people, even though the reports were that the shot was looking good in the Houston, they didn't go in, you know, so I'm sure that, and obviously defensively there, there are going to be questions. Uh, I, I think that that's a given. I, just like the passing at his position. I also do think that maybe he's a little more mobile than people would expect. He's not a total stiff. I don't think he's going to be mobile enough defensively, but like offensively, he can dribble some, he can move some. Um, he's got some fluidity in that respect. Uh, so I'm, I know that I was one of the people who was like, I don't even know if he's starting necessarily. I definitely am not convinced he's a one and done 
um nor have i been since june when everyone had him like in like the lottery or whatever Mm -hmm. but yeah i i think he's going to be an incredibly valuable college player and even if this season maybe he doesn't quite live up to whatever he was the fourth best recruit in the or something like this um even if he doesn't quite live up to that this year like next year he is you know if he comes back he's looking like you know, a, a strong candidate for like preseason ACC first team, that kind of guy. Um, just that pedigree you, is there. From a, uh, and I, I could get so much crap for even bringing this up. A more athletic uh, Ryan Kelly. Yeah, I, I'm not even convinced that much more athletic. <laughs> like you know, like maybe maybe yeah, that's some, the thing. Like yeah, yeah. R- the thing about Ryan didn't have handles like flip mm-hmm. can dribble a little. Um, Ryan also wasn't really a passer. Flip is a good passer at his position. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely don't think that we should expect his jump shot to be like Ryan Kelly senior year. Good. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't expect his defense to be like Ryan, even though it was a very different time in college basketball, like it, he was a rim protector, like a, a fairly decent one at that. Um, and if he went out to the outside, like he at least knew where to be on the floor. Um, wasn't the fastest guy, but like was, was smart enough. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, the comparison that I keep bringing up is Matt hurt. I mean, I, I think that that has some validity to it. He's, uh, he's bigger than Matt, but mm-hmm. um, I think that some of the strengths uh, are going to be the same. That sort of shot creation is definitely some something that sophomore Matt Hurt really had going. Yeah. Um, and the defense, I think, might have similar questions and concerns. But he's definitely a better passer than Matt. Um, Matt was starting to try some some fun dribble stuff sophomore year. Um, I I would I would think that Flip maybe if not this year that like sophomore Flip's handles would probably be better than sophomore Matt's handles would be my suspicion maybe even this year I don't know I I haven't seen enough of him other than the short little clips that we've seen in a Duke uniform that's that's the hardest thing with any of this was the hard thing with Matt I mean like how do players make that leap from high school to college which is such a massive leap in terms of the speed of the game and the level of adversity that you're facing uh you know if you have six five stars on a team five five stars on a team one of them will not play as well as their pedigree at least i mean it's just that's just basic math so i mean maybe it's flip maybe it's not i mean he also could just explode once he settles in after the first month or so um but i do think that the biggest question with him is going to be how defensively he fits with guys like lively with whitehead and then how his pacing of the game which is more tailored to half court uh is going to play with the guys who just are going to want to run on this team yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Um, I think with him in comparison to Matt Hurd is I don't, I think Matt relied a lot of just shooting over people. His shot was very high and in, in the stance, it was up over his head flips is, is somewhat like that, but I don't think in watching his tape and then watching it throughout the summer that he relies on that a lot. He can create his own a little bit more than, than Matt Hurt does. Um, going back to what you're talking about with the tonight's game and these couple of games is people are all talking about how they want to see what John, what John's philosophy is. And is he going to be using more of his bench and everything? But I, I want people to remember that even in these games, when Kay was coach is that Kay used a pretty deep bench in these games too. Yeah. You can't take anything from the bench in the exhibition games. Yeah. yeah. And especially with having two players out, you're going to see people that are going to say something about Reeves or, or more of shoot, uh, shoot, and then more of Blake's and Grandison. I don't, I don't know how much Grandison played. I didn't, I don't remember how much he played in that, in that Houston game, but uh, take that with a grain of salt as well as yeah. the, the bench usage. Cause we always used to say, Oh man, this is a year. Kay's going to play 10 people. And then it comes down to actual ACC play and we're playing seven to eight guys max per night. Yeah. So, He'll um, also most certainly team. play more people today, a, because of the level of, uh, mm-hmm the level of opponent but be with whitehead and lively out i mean like that's that's gonna be at least another 50 to 60 minutes of game that you know are gonna go to two other guys that need to be filled today so yeah um i'm not too concerned about that i I, should we talk it like in mild passing about the christian reeves thing i've been getting shit on twitter because i have said i don't think much has changed and i think he should redshirt and i can't really imagine that that plan changes unless 
unless he's really just destroying people in practice. Like, and, and maybe that's the case. Uh, certainly is a possibility. I know they uh, say he looks good. Uh, I don't doubt that he looks good, but just from a practical standpoint, you have Lively at the five. You have Flip who has to defend the five. You have Ryan Young who has to defend the five. Like those are three guys that will probably play ahead of Reeves. And so like, where do the minutes come from? Like at that point, you're looking at Frank minutes at absolute best. And is it worth burning the red shirt, especially because you've looked good and you look good in practice? I mean, like this just screams a scenario in which red shirt come back next year pencil in is either the starting five or like, you know, a sixth man on a team that in theory should have flipped back in will definitely have some very considerable talent on the wing and at the guard position. I mean, like you're going to be contending for a title again next year, but maybe, maybe his, maybe he just thinks he's not a four-year player and just wants to go ahead and start the process. I, I, I guess that's a possibility, but as a three-star, I, I, Look, would we have been having this conversation before the blue white game? No, 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 no one would have blinked about it. When, when Zion and I did the preview and we ran down every single player on the roster, we did not even talk about Reeves. Like I, I don't think that one blue white game and a few practices should change what the plan of attack was. That's just way too small a sample size, especially because Lively's been out. I mean, like that's all of Reeves's minutes. Our, our livelies maybe the, the one thing i would say maybe if lively is hurt worse than they're saying or if they have concerns about his durability um then maybe if he wants to play 10 minutes a game and burn the red like i guess yeah but, but then duke's gonna have bigger problems than than whether we should redshirt reeves or not so yeah you make a great point in, in the fact that next year he's probably if, if he is playing to the level that people are saying he is and that the red shirt question is is valid um next year we don't have anybody coming in that's over six eight we don't have a center coming in next year i thought i'm gonna i don't want to say this so one of the three grad transfers or four grad transfers that came in i thought had another year of ryan young does okay that's what i thought so yeah i don't know what the plan is there so maybe i don't know i don't know anything about that i don't know if he's going to use it or what yeah it but um, so maybe you can't pencil him in right away. Maybe that's Young's position next year. But regardless, there's a lot more minutes to be to be had next year, yeah. hopefully, um, with with Lively going out and possibly Flip and possibly Young. And so um, the front court just is not as stacked next year yeah. as this year. And so it makes the most sense for him to, to to sit out this year and come back when the minutes are there. Well, Young's definitely not a rim rim protector, and and no. Flip and Flip from a, a, at least right now a developmental standpoint, I do not believe him to be a rim protector he can certainly change my mind as the season progresses i i guess if he gets the opportunity but i I think having a guy who is like a definitive rim protecting big on the roster who can play real minutes against you know the bigs when we need them i mean is is going to be huge Mm -hmm. um and i've i've been a firm believer for years now (laughs) this goes against lively and so many of the other guys that k has like brought in but like just give me like a big goonie big, you know, like I, like, I, I don't need like a, a super talented guy down there. I don't need him like really popping threes. I don't need like, I just need like a big goon who can block shots, who can grab offensive boards, grab lobs, dunk, you know, put backs. Uh, like a, like a Marquis Bolden. <laughs> I mean, kind of. I mean, kind of wouldn't make yeah, except, except we don't need Bolden's pedigree, right? Like he, like yeah. Bolden came in with huge pedigree. We just need like a, like, frankly, like a Zubek kind of guy who I think was more of a four star, if I recall correctly. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Um, I don't know that, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. I mean, and even before that, like, you know, just I, Duke has just had a lot of big men who came in with five star pedigree who, who didn't really deliver. And I think having guys who can build through experience, who do not anticipate going to the league, who can play for three, four years and just be a big goonie big. I mean, Mm -hmm. like that's every team needs that. (laughs) Like every single team needs a goon big, especially for a team like Duke that in theory going forward projects as a team that's going to have a lot of perimeter play. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's the way the game is going. John's not an idiot. I think he's going to lean into the guards and the wings. So just have a big goonie big who can grab boards, kick it back out, dunk it, 
catch, catch, catch the ball. You know, yeah. we don't need to deal with the chase cheaters of the world anymore. You know, <laughs> no, that's a good point. And, and you're right going forward with guys like McCain Foster coming in. Uh, I wouldn't consider power Stewart uh, big completely perimeter guys, but yeah, the guard play is going to be huge. And I, I'm going to throw this out there and you're probably going to disagree, but is there any chance Proctor comes back next year? <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. I, I mean, I mean, I guess like uh, put it this way. It's the type of thing where if he comes back next year, it probably means Duke's not having a top shelf season this year. True. Right. Good like point. guys, guys like flip and Proctor, like if, if everyone's going, then that means that we are like a very legit championship contender. And if we start having conversations about these guys coming back, then it means we're more like a four seed, five seed, you know, we're, we're more in that range. Um, Do I know you've been on the Proctor bandwagon for a while and I've actually been uh, not off of it, but more skeptical than most. And um, I think from, from my point of view, it's, it's a different game. Um, I, and I'm not going to sit here and act like I scouted Proctor in Australia and, and in the FIBAs, but just like watching him being a little bit smaller, a little bit skinnier, has a, a decent shot. What in your, and maybe I don't think you've said it a ton on Twitter. You, you probably have, but like what, what about him makes you so confident that he's going to be that dude for Duke this year? Yeah. I mean, he's skinny, but he's not small. I mean, he's six, four, six, seven wingspan. I mean, for a guy who projects at the next level as a primary creator, I mean, that's really good size. Um, really smart player. Um, and again, the live ball creation, uh, is like really unlike most players we've seen at Duke, you know, I, like I bet in the last decade, he, he'd place in the top five, maybe top three of live ball creators. I mean, we're talking a guy who is an elite level passer who can just find people who can do, especially in terms of like modern style sets. I think we saw in the scrimmage, you know, him going to, uh, the strong side, kicking it all the way across to the opposite corner and just like putting it right in the shooter's bread basket. I mean, like that's, that's the sort of thing that Duke has not really had. Like Roach is a really good player, but like yeah. off the dribble live action creation, like he might just be a little short for that. And Proctor is longer and bigger. And, you know, I, I, we brought up on the podcast with Zion, I brought up LaMelo ball. I mean, like, yeah. I don't think that that's a complete insane take I, like if if anything proctor might be just like slightly better at helping teams win <laughs> than lamello sure. ball um, less selfishness there yeah i don't think he's going to be prone to chucking um as much uh, the other thing is you know even if the game doesn't translate the games that he was playing in were such tougher competition than the games that like other kids coming in uh, from high school are like American high school just does not compare. Um, you know, he's playing against guys that were very good college players and are like 25, 26, 30, like, you know, yeah, adults, you know? Uh, so even if it's not the NBA by any stretch, you know, I, like it's probably not as different from college ball as like people might expect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think I think he might struggle defensively because of the skinniness. Um, and I think if anything, maybe like he could be a little turnover prone, right? Like just uh, mm -hmm. again, as he gets used to the new teammates, th that sort of thing. I mean, but then I, I think he's going to have enough creation that we're just going to take those turnovers. Like, For sure. you know, it's kind of like how Golden State almost always like is a leader in the NBA in total turnovers it's because they're always doing stuff like on cuts in movement uh, off the balance. You know, they're, that's how they end up getting so much uh, open, so many open looks is because of the motion of it. That yeah. also just leads to more turnovers. So like maybe that number spikes some, but yeah, I, I just don't think we've seen a passer like him in a while. We're talking one of the better passers and at his size, uh, and on this team in particular, plus he can shoot. I mean, like uh, if he shoots less than 35% from three this year, I'd be pretty surprised. Uh, he's a good, he's a, he's got a, it's maybe not the prettiest shot in the world compared to like some other people, but like it goes in, it, it went in overseas enough. Uh, it went in, in the scrimmage certainly. Um, yeah. I, I, I just like what he brings to the table. He's shifty. He's smart. Um, I think he's just going to be more, 
he's not a freshman. I'll put it that way. He's not a freshman. He plays yeah. smarter than that. Yeah, um, that's, that's the you biggest reason it. I've been so high on him is, is because of that experience. You know, it's like yeah. why it's why RJ Barrett came in as a reclass and was not really phased, right? Yeah, like he, he was point. so ready. Yeah. yeah. Well, you have to save me a spot on that bandwagon right up in the front there because I'll jump on it probably in the next couple of weeks here after I after I see some live game action. I've I, it's, it's too late, it's not- Ryan. The it's closed, <laughs> it's left the station. You'll <laughs> well, have to catch the next train. Yeah, I'll have to. I've, I've been on, and it's not one that, like, I'm not here to make hot takes or spot hot takes with this, but, like, I've been on the Derek Whitehead bandwagon for some time, just watching throughout high school at, at Mount Verdon. And, I mean, I think he's a real deal. I'm, I'm semi-concerned. I, I hope we see him within the next couple of weeks here. I'd, I'd be concerned if we get into December and we haven't seen him yet. Um, I don't think he – was he wearing a boot at Countdown? I don't think he was. No, he so went up there. He he looked a little more from my from my dance analysis perspective. <laughs> Lively looked mostly all right, and Whitehead uh, looked like he was moving a little more slowly. Okay, um, but he, no no boot has to be a good sign. Some we some would think. Yeah. We would think. Yeah, I I think we'll see him. I I think it's just more a case of like like my concern is going to be it's that it's going to be like a Jason Tatum thing yeah. where because he hasn't been able to play as a freshman, like all the talent in the world just doesn't prepare you for that transition. So maybe by January, late January, right. We'll start to see him come on the same way that Tatum really started to come on. But if he misses substantial time going into the season, it's just going to take that much longer for him to like, get into the rhythm of things. And of course, then Duke fans are going to see, Oh, we went over whatever he's overrated. Like it's it, this, this whole team, it's going to take, it's going to take some time, I think. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I was on him. I, I said it at the end of last season that I think he leads the team in scoring. I don't go away from that when he starts playing that he'd lead the team in scoring. I don't think that it's, it's too far fetched to say, but um, just seeing Roach's development for, uh, coming into coming into this year after the the run he had in March Madness last year. And I, I will say, I do think, I do think uh, analysts and the, the Twitter heads put a lot of um, stock into March Madness runs and and then when teams come back and they made this big run in the next year it's like okay well they're going to come off that that run and they're going to pick up where they left off I, I I do think there's some merit to that but I'm not buying into that completely so that's why I think I'm more curious now to see where Roach goes with his next step in his career because he, he had a hell of a March but now doing that from November all the way through to March and hopefully April um he just yeah. got it. He, he's, he's not big enough to always create on his own. And so I, I'm that, like I said at the beginning, the Roach Proctor backcourt is going to be interesting to see how they can work it out. If Proctor is bringing the ball up the court and creating for, for Roach or if it's vice versa. And um, I, I'm really hoping, and I say, I still think the X factor for this season is Roach and, and how, um, how much of a jump he can take from, from last year and, and what he did in March. So uh, Roach is the guy I'm keeping my out on though. Yeah, I mean, we started to see him, it was a little inconsistent, but like we started to see him come on even, you know, like in February, you know, sort of end of February, like the Virginia game, um, you know, he played well, Uh, obviously the loss to UNC, he was at least a guy who was like playing offense decently well, obviously the Syracuse uh, game in the ACC tournament where he lit him up. Yeah, um, I don't know. I, I, there, it'll, it'll be interesting to see. I think that um, Dell was a pretty good case study in how 2020 and then just like the COVID pauses of 2021 could potentially just like stifle a player's development um, and just delay the leap. Right. Like I, I kind of feel like, and we saw that from a few teams. I mean, we saw it from, unfortunately from UNC last year, we saw it from a few uh, younger players last year that, you know, maybe they weren't quite figuring it out. And then around like February ish, it started to come on. So maybe, maybe there's something to that, like just how COVID interrupted development and maybe delayed some of the leaps that players naturally take. Mm-hmm. Um in that case, I would expect a really good season from Roach. I, I think offensively he's going to have a monster season. I kind of honestly, especially since Whitehead's been hurt, would be surprised if he doesn't lead the team in scoring. Um, At this point, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, he's just going to take so many shots. Uh, I really want to see his defense. 
And I, I mean, that's the biggest thing. I just want to see his defense and I'd like to see him shoot threes at like a better than like 32% clip or whatever he did last year. Um, yeah. 32. I mean, he's, he's for his career been a fairly consistent 32% three point shooter at Duke. Now his free throw percentage went from 67% to 76% last year. So maybe that shows there's some, there's some juice in the, in the tank there, <laughs> some gas in the tank. Sure. Or juice. Don't put juice in your gas tank. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like maybe there's something there. He also like the assist rate to turnover rate moved in the right direction last year. Um, yeah. The, the outside jumper in the defense, especially at his height, he's just got to be able to defend. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it, it's consistency for him. And yeah, like you said, his, his height is a, is a big factor in that on the defensive end, cause he plays against a bigger bodied guards and he, he struggles. Um, I'd love to see him get up over double digit scoring a game. He, he shot decent last year from, from the, just the field in general at 41%. But yeah, I, I don't know if I'm convinced that you, you, I, I rely on you numbers guys for this, but when it comes to like actual shot taking shots last year, um, how many shots did he take a game? Seven. I mean, do you see, do you want, do we, do we as Duke fans want Roach taking 10, 11, 12 shots a night this year? I mean, 10, 10, 11. You have Proctor, Whitehead. I mean, Mitchell, if he's taking 10. Today's pros need. Ads popping up. (laughs) (laughs) Home Depot song, start dancing over here. Yeah. Um, I'll get out of that. Uh, Anyways, do we want him taking a ton more shots a game this year with the amount of people or amount of guys we have on the team that can score? I mean, not a ton. Uh, you know, he's taken around seven, two games in a row, uh, two seasons in a row. I would say that 41%, by the way, is not good. Like that, that should be higher. It was higher his first season. Um, he was really bad at the rim last year in particular. Right. Um, mm-hmm. got to work on that. But, but again, he started to iron some of that out by the end of the season that a lot of that was earlier, uh, in the year, if I recall correctly, um, uh, or maybe it was just in conference play. What's what's really funny is when you look at his stats last year at the rim against tier A opponents. So that was like 16 of the 39 games. He shot from two fifty three percent. So then on the season from two, he shot forty seven percent. So like, I don't know, maybe maybe again, that's credence to he's there in the big moments, uh, which, again, we saw. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think somewhere in the ballpark of like what were what was the shooting what what was the amount of shots that everybody took last year i'm gonna pull that up um like paolo took 13 dell took 10 keels 10 i mean i think if he's taking in that 10 to 11 range i think that's reasonable and acceptable yeah i think i think if he's moving too much higher than that then (laughs) he needs to row back but i also don't think he'll do that i think he knows who he is and i think he knows how to win um yeah yeah uh well we'll talk a little bit more about duke maybe at the very end but i want to go ahead and get to our you know sort of fun thing that uh, i'd had planned and so what we're going to do today uh where's my quarter uh we are going to draft uh nba teams with only active uh duke players in the nba right so the task at hand is you are trying to build uh, a team that is most likely to win the most NBA games uh, may, based solely out of Duke players. Uh, we're going to sort of do a snake style fantasy draft here. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I think that that'll be interesting. I'm sure it'll bring up a lot of uh, interesting topics of conversation about, you know, uh, some of these guys. Um and there's a lot of them. I mean, like we, we could go yeah. 10 players deep each uh, if we wanted to really go that far. I figured we'd go at least to eight and then we could see from there if we want to keep going to do another two rounds. Um, yeah. So I have a quarter here, Ryan. Yeah. Uh, would you like heads or tails in terms of deciding whether you want first pick or, or second pick? <clears throat> we'll go heads. Let the record show that it is tails. <laughs> um man it's it's also an interesting strategic question yeah. whether you want to go first or second here um you know i'm gonna go first 
just maybe to make my life a little easier in some respects. Okay. Uh, so I'll go, I'll go first. And I think the easy choice for first pick is Jason Tatum uh, was an all NBA player. First team last year, still really young uh, plays both ends of the floor at an elite level. Uh, not just an elite shot creator, but also like a very versatile defender, at least one through four. Um, he is the guy that I think translates the most obviously to winning in the NBA uh, that came from Duke at this point. Uh, yeah. There's there's certainly players with upside there uh, in that respect, but uh, he's also proven it at this point. He started proving it at a very early age. Um, so I think Jason Tatum's kind of a no-brainer and uh, – I, I, I fear like giving the second and third picks away um, because that's, it's such an interesting, like, you know, balancing act there. But I just, if I'm building a team to win, I have to pick the guy that is most likely to carry me to success. So yeah, Jason Tatum for me, that's my first pick. So I, uh, we're to you for understand. second and three. Yeah, I would have done the same thing. Uh, I figured that's who we were going to go with. Makes the most sense. Completely agree. No. By the way, before you vote, I want I want to I want to tell everybody who's listening. I want you uh, after this episode, uh, once you've heard the teams, to go onto Twitter and do either hashtag Team Russell or hashtag Team Ryan. Uh, mm-hmm. And I want to know uh, what team you think is better. Where I screwed up, where he screwed up, where we where we succeeded, where we failed. Um, I'm interested in hearing people's thoughts on this. Uh, but Ryan, second and third pick uh, to you. See, this is where it's tough because, like, if, if we're overall talent, like we're, we're building a roster here, right? We're not building it based on overall talent. Okay, you're building so, a roster. That's true. Yeah, this isn't. I, I can't. I can't stack it with with an entire team of bigs here. Um, regardless of that, I'm going to go with the uh, the Bayou Brotherhood and take for my next two picks, Ingram and, and Zion. Wow. Um, Okay. They've they've played really well to start the year. I think they're like what four and two or five and two, whatever they're at. Um, Both are averaging over 20 points a game. Zion's getting triple teamed out there. Um, Though that, that team has just looked really good. Those two playing together. There's, I will say there's a little bit of biasness there as far as far as chemistry goes. Um, If I am building a roster, these two have played together already multiple times or for, for multiple games now. Um, And so I'm going with, with those two for that reason. Uh, it kind of sets me up for, like I said, the where I'm hoping to go with this roster is just the chemistry, the chemistry aspect of this. But no, I think Zion obviously hasn't really missed a beat at all. He's he him on offense is is drawing a lot of attention away and making Brandon Ingram's game just that much better. And so that's that's where I'm going. Oh wow, this is really interesting. I um I don't know if I would have made those. I I mean Zion would have been on my he would have been the number two guy. I think that's kind of a given. I don't know that Ingram would have been my third. Uh, so, who, so who's your or who's your second and third then? So my for the fourth overall pick, this is who I would have picked third. I I got to go Paolo. Um, okay. I I he's he's just so clearly already ready. He's playing yeah. at such a high level. Uh, I think much like with Zion, the defense is more uh potential rather than than current sure. um yep. but he's a guy that especially uh if i'm building a franchise here he's uh still young uh got a lot of potential on the defensive end i think um and really just if i have jason tatum and paolo as two shot creators i mean probably the two best well two of the three best shot creators that duke has in the nba right now um I think that's uh, a really tough, tough tandem. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm just I'm all in on Paolo after what I've seen. I mean, I think that he scored like 20 plus in six games in a row, something like no one's done since LeBron as a rookie or something like this. Yeah, um, yeah. And he's doing I mean, it pretty efficiently too. Like he's like occasionally oh yeah. he's turning it over a little. Occasionally he's taking too many shots. I mean, we saw we saw these things at Duke from time to time too. He's still young. Um, but man, for you to go in and just look like a grown body against <laughs> against NBA players from day one yeah. is yeah, unbelievable. He's, he's right up there with with Tatum as guys who I feel like we all saw coming as guys who were just ready for the next level, probably yeah. before they got to Duke. So um, yeah. I don't blame you on that pick whatsoever. Oh, now here's where it gets interesting. 
Um, you can leave them to me. I'll take them. I'll take that head case to <laughs> Minnesota. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's the real question here. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't want if I I don't know if I want to give you know the PR reps for my team <laughs> uh, the headache. I especially because you took Zion and maybe this is, this is maybe going to be some short-term bias here, frankly, Uh, again, talking about building a roster and building like ways to win. Um, I think I'm going to take Wendell Carter jr. Here. Uh, He dropped 30 last night, if I recall correctly. Um, He, I think out of all of the big men, that are left certainly he has the most uh first of all he's the best active defender right now maybe mark years down the line can get there but dell is the best defender of of maybe anyone not named jason tatum uh, in a that came from a duke actually no i mean you can look at some of the guards as well but like of of forwards and centers dell is the best not named jason tatum in the nba in terms of defense right now um a little bit of pick and pop there. Um, certainly like a Jason Tatum, Wendell Carter Jr. Like pick and roll would be really deadly. I mean, we're certainly seeing it a little bit with Paolo already. Yeah. Uh, I don't, I think if our teams are going to play each other, if I don't have Dell, there's nobody that has even a prayer of stopping Zion. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, so like right. in terms of trying to make, make my team slightly better than yours, I want to make sure that, uh, that I've got that covered. And also Dell's still young. Um, I think he's got a lot of upside as we saw again in the recent burst there. I, I think Orlando's future is really bright. Um, I think he contributes to winning better than some of the players that are offensively better <laughs> on the roster yeah. or uh, that are left on the board. Um, so yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'm sure that's going to be a controversial one. Uh, but yes, I'll, I'll leave you to make the next two picks. I love it. I love it because now I'm going to take Kyrie, obviously, um, yeah. outside of the, the PR mess that, that they're in right now in Brooklyn. Um, just a, one of the best point guards in the NBA, all NBA caliber player um, on the floor is just a menace with the ball. He can create for his own. He, he's he's a playmaker in terms of being able to shot, uh, create shots for for guys like KD and I'm not going to say Simmons, but um, for, for his teammates. Um, so I'm going to go having a true point guard or a, a solid point guard in Kyrie. And then I need shooting. I need a little more shooting. So we're going to go Mr. Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, um, that's a good one. And having a, a backcourt of of Gary and, and Kyrie, I think is pretty stellar. And then you have, like I said, already having Zion and Ingram, just a team full of guys who can really create their own shots, playmakers. Um, defensively, we might struggle a little bit. Um, but when you're putting up 145 points a game, uh, defense can kind of go by the wayside. So um, love Gary Trent. He's uh, still doing, still having some uh, some success up there in Toronto. And uh, I just love, I would love to be able to have that backcourt duo of, of Kyrie and Gary. And, and hopefully you don't go and, and steal my next couple of guys that I got in mind here to fill up this roster. But I think we're looking pretty solid right now. Yeah. I mean, I just, I... I can't go there. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, like, he's one of my all time favorite on the court players, but like there's been a pretty strong sample size of the last few years that for whatever reason, he is not contributing to winning really since leaving Cleveland. Um, And whether the off court shenanigans (laughs) play a part in that or not, uh, maybe it's just the complete, indifference on defense um yeah i i just couldn't in good faith go there and and in fact this leaves me it, it makes pretty easy one of my next picks which is uh i, I want trey jones um yeah. I, i've really loved what i've seen from trey so far this season the spurs are way better than people expected um and trey jones although he's not been shooting the ball well i mean defensively He's absolutely putting the clamps on people. He's making smart decisions on offense. I mean, he's, he's a Jones. That's not, you know, completely unexpected. Yeah. Um, but I just, 
he he strikes me like especially if i've got jason tatum and paolo bancaro on a team i don't need shot creation really <laughs> like they're my yeah. shot creators i need a guy who can defend i need a guy who can stir the pot um i need a guy who will make winning plays at the end of the day um and frankly like 20 one-year-old Trey Jones versus like 31-year-old Kyrie or whatever. Like I, I bet Trey defensively can at least do a halfway decent job against guys of Kyrie Irving's age and caliber at this point. Um, not gonna wouldn't be able to clamp him down or whatever because nobody can, but you know, yeah, would give him would give him some things to think about, you know. My, yeah, and uh, Trey's, Trey's caused some havoc on my uh, Timberwolves already to start the season, so I've gotten yeah. to see in full effect how great of a improvement he's made and, and seeing that young Spurs team that he's yeah. in here now is kind of incredible at the moment. Plus, he's not a free thinker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't. I, I wouldn't, as the owner, have to like wake up every morning and see if Trey Jones is trending on Twitter. No, um, not at all. Uh, yeah, and then and then this this does create some interesting uh, stuff here. Uh, Gary Trent was a really really strong pick there. Um, oh boy, uh, I think what I'll do here, and then I'll have to just figure out some ways to f- ways to rectify this down the line. But like. I think the upside is too high and he's a guy who's had, you know, winning in his past, certainly uh, even before he got to Duke, uh, the ball handling is there. He's been playing good defense uh, in the NBA. Uh, I think I got to go RJ Barrett. Um, Don't blame you there. Yeah. Another guy who could in theory run the point, good passer, uh, shooting is still an issue but i mean duke also has a number of really good shooters that i can take to be bench players on my team in in my next two picks potentially um just the combination of passing even though he wasn't a good defender at duke he's definitely been a good defender in the nba um really nice positional uh size there certainly um positional versatility um, more shot creation, even if he's not like a, a real three point threat um, right now, he's willing to take them. So he creates space that way. Um, yeah. I think I can rectify some of the other. Uh, plus also, I mean, I guess low key outside of Kyrie, uh, Jason Tatum and like maybe to a lesser extent, Gary Trent it's it's, but like Gary Trent's not like a star. You know what I mean? Uh, we don't really have stars that shoot threes very well outside of Kyrie and Jason Tatum anyway. Like most of our stars are like good shot creators, good slashers, good uh, mid-range guys um, yes. who maybe aren't like lights out from three anyway. Um, so, yeah, I th- I'm not 100% confident in that pick necessarily, but I think it matches my like strategy of like go for guys that will help you win. I, th- I, like I think yeah, yeah. I, I like that pick. If you went to t- take him, I would have obviously snatched him up. So that it makes the most sense. I've been debating in my head as you were explaining that pick um, where I was going to go here, but I get two picks. So that actually now that I that dawned on me, I think I have a pretty good idea. Um, all right, so you picked RJ Barrett there. Put that in my notes. I'm gonna take my next two are gonna be this is where I feel like we're we're getting to the guys that are averaging under 10 a game. Um oh <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go with Grayson Allen. Mm-hmm. Um starter for the Bucks and I like I, I'm I can play that could be my starting five as a Kyrie Trent Allen Ingram Zion as a small ball lineup with Zion at the five but just in case that doesn't work out well for us we're gonna go and snag uh, Mr Mason Plumley um, sure I don't know how well a Plumley Zion front court would work but um, I do like the fact of being able to have a true center in there it might the spacing might get a little iffy. Uh, 
with those two are on the floor together, but at least now we have options with, we can play small ball with Zion at the five, or we could bring in Plumley to play the five and um, Zion go to the four and roam a little bit more freely. So um, yeah, I like, uh, and now I, I'd say Grayson is, is somewhat of a, uh, you could consider him a shooter as well. So now I have him and, and Gary as my shooters. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I like that, that six uh, to, to start. Yeah. Um, boy, that, that Kyrie Grayson Allen backcourt, uh, not exactly a, a defensive unit. No, like I said, we're, we're going, we're <laughs> you're going, going all in, points. you're going yeah. all in points. I, I, I was going to take who I'm assuming you probably will snag next, but yeah, I just, I, at this point I hadn't put thought into defense at all until, until, well, I haven't yet, but I, I didn't, I realized I might as well not start now. So, um, and everybody else I'm looking at on the defensive side, I'm not going to start naming names, but there's a couple, yeah. I guess I could have gone with, but, um, no, we're just going to keep on the offensive trend here. Yeah. Uh, I think that I have to go here with, I mean, do I just take both of these guys? I might just take both of these guys. Um, yeah, why the hell not? Uh, if there's one thing my team like doesn't really have right now, it's an abundance of three-point shooting. Um, so let's just take both Seth Curry and Luke Kennard here. Um, there you go. So here's my question. Uh, well, no, Seth is active now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he he's he's on a roster anyway. I mean, like he's definitely going to play this year. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean. Seth Curry, one of the best shooters in the NBA, point blank, uh, certainly showed a couple of years ago, like he can, he can do like 14 and five, you know, he's, he's got some real upside there um, in terms of like sort of running a, a, a quasi point guard position ish. Uh, again, just more ball handlers, canard kind of in that respect as well. A uh, good positional uh, size uh, as well. Uh, good to know, Ryan. All right. You're up then. Sweet. Um, okay, so then this is going to get tricky now because he's on a roster. I don't think he's out for the year. Marvin Bagley hasn't been picked yet. He is uh, not. Yeah, you can pick Marvin Bagley. Okay. All right. I, th- I yeah. I guess when we said active, he's not active at the moment, so I, I was shying away from him. I don't think he deserves. I meant. I meant we couldn't pick like Shane Battier. You know. What I mean? Sure. Okay. Got it. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, then I'm definitely going to take him as as another as another one of mine. Again, not a defensive lineup by any means, but um, I think he was one. I, I think he is his knee injury and I'm not being that bad. Um, I think he's one that's poised to have a decent a decent season. Um, but so I went Marvin Bagley there just because I have to. I probably would have taken him a little bit earlier. Um, and then your next pick, just so you know, if we're going to stop at eight then this yep. would be your eighth. Yeah. Um, sorry. Who do the two you took were Seth Curry and Luke Kennard. That's right. You wanted you and shooting. Okay. I then I'm going to go, I'm going to go justice. Oh, I was going to take justice Winslow next. <laughs> Damn. Um, I have to have somebody, at least one person in the lineup that knows how to defend. Um, and I feel like out of everybody that who I have now, he, Far and outside of Zion, probably far and away, um, one of the better defenders on my team. I, I'm not going to act like I've followed Justice super closely in the last year or two. He's he's been uh, playing small ball five down the stretch for Portland. He's been looking like at least defensively really good. It's yeah. hard to keep him on the court for long stretches because of the offense, obviously. But um, sure. but he's um, been they've been doing interesting things with him. Love it. So yeah, I. I will, uh, I'm going to take that to round out my eight. I think that's a solid rotation. Um, and yeah, like I said, not like what we talked about, not a lot of defense there, but we're going to score a hell of a lot of points and going to be very, very hard to defend. Um, and I'd take that lineup over. I'd, well, I'd take both of ours. I think the Duke, the, the brotherhood in the NBA is quite, uh, quite incredible at the moment. I would take both our lineups over a lot of these current NBA teams uh, to begin with. So I, I like where I'm at. Yeah. Uh, and then for my last pick, um, boy, this, this might be one where I just kind of like take a flyer potentially, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not really a hundred percent convinced, uh, you know, he looked pretty good in the game. I watched him earlier. 
God, I might get destroyed for this too. So I, I would go like Tyus Jones, but I've already got Trey Jones. I got some ball handlers, really. Yeah, we're going to get destroyed for not having Tyus picked. Yeah, but like Tyus is also very clearly like a very good backup guard in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. You know, good. he's uh, – which which would fit perfectly here, but I've already got like a bunch of guards. Uh, I really think having a bit more wing size uh, would be prudent. I think I'm going to go Cam Reddish here. Um oh, yeah. You know, I don't know why they don't play him more. I've I've liked the defense I've seen from him in the NBA. Um, he had that 22-point game uh, earlier in the year where he kind of really exploded. Uh, so I think he's got that in him still. And really just more than anything else, more defense. Um, the three-point shooting, again, maybe a little more theoretical than practical at this point. But, like, he had – in 2021, he shot 38% from three for the Hawks. I mean, like – you know, I, I think it's there oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and he's still really young. So let's read through uh, the teams. You know, I've got at point guard, Trey Jones. Uh, I've got at, I mean, I guess the starting two guard would maybe depend on matchup, but let's say RJ Barrett, um, Jason Tatum, uh, small forward, Paolo at the power forward, Dell at center. I can easily play Paolo as a small ball five. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've got the line, the stuff covered there. I've got the rim protection. I've got shooting off the bench and Curry and Kennard. I've got wing defenders and Tatum and Reddish and Barrett, uh, certainly point of attack defender and Jones. Uh, and also the other thing I like about my team is outside of like Kennard, uh, everybody can pass. There's not guys on my team that are just ball stoppers. Um, mm. you know, the, these are guys that'll move the ball. Well, that'll, that'll play smart. Um, there's a couple of Duke players that might be on your team that I like very much, but are definitely not known as passers, you know, <laughs> um, that I also strongly considered. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think my team wins <laughs> out of sheer bias. Yeah. I, I'll give you that. I, I, like I said, at the beat, or like we said, defense isn't a strong suit here, but I got um, Kyrie at the one, uh, probably Allen at the two, Trent at the three, which makes it pretty small. This is already a small ball lineup with Trent, who's I think is like six four, six five at the three, and he's got to be guarding like guys yeah. who are anywhere from six four to six nine potentially. And he's a Trent's a decent defender. That's safe to say, right? Like he's he's okay. Um, yeah, he so- just can't he can't guard Jason Tatum. No, nobody can though. So <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and then we have Ingram at the four and Zion at the five. Um, all could be switched up with a little bit of Plumley at the five, put Zion at the four, and then you have probably Gary at the two, Ingram at the three, and have Allen come off the bench or vice versa. There was Allen and Trent, and then we have Bagley and Winslow filling in the voids of uh, uh, off the bench. I like. I, I mean bias this team probably wins like at least 65 games in the nba close to that no i'm just kidding not not 65 they're, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're the warriors no. yeah exactly <laughs> uh no this this team's gonna score a lot i do think with the uh the chemistry of this team might take with the amount of playmakers they have in the team it might take a little bit uh to put it together but um with a really good stern front office led by myself i think we can keep some of these guys in check um, yeah you <laughs> yeah yeah me. it's worked it's worked so well so far yeah with, exactly uh, the, the well-respected names that have been guys. in front of that 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 player um but hasn't hasn't been me yet so with me running that's true um i think fuck steve nash yeah yeah ryan ryan was the key yeah i haven't gotten fired from a coaching job before <laughs> that's true <laughs> you're undefeated in that respect if, if you were <laughs> exactly. if you were playing small ball i would probably roll out Trey Jones, maybe Luke Kennard at the two, RJ Barrett three, Jason Tatum four, Paolo five. Uh, because I think Listen, that I, I don't, I don't, can, can Paolo guard Zion and can, can Kennard guard Grayson or, or Trent? Well, I think Kennard can do fine against Grayson. I don't think Grayson's doing like a ton of shot creation really. He's on that team. He's probably just like, waiting around for somebody to pass him the ball, the you know, on the, on the corner. So I can kind of yeah. hide him there. Um, in terms of Paolo versus Zion, no, but like nobody really can. And like, <laughs> I'd, I'd rather have like the switch ability to some extent. Um, True. Because I also don't think Zion can guard Paolo. 
you know, uh, I don't think that Brandon Ingram can guard Tatum. Um, I think Trenton Barrett's kind of a wash. I think Kennard Allen's kind of a wash. Um, yeah. And then (laughs) Kyrie's not guarding anybody. So I can just run some switches. I can run five. That's the other reason to go like five, you know, small ball is, you know, just force your team to switch and then just put Kyrie Irving on an Island over and over and over and over again, and then see what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, I know you got a hard out soon. Quick, uh, quick hitter questions from the people on Twitter. Uh, Mark Stufer asks, "How many minutes per game can Lively and Flip share the floor together, given the potential def- uh, potential defensive struggles of that pairing?" Um, I, I would expect them. I mean, it's going to be a lot of trial and error, right? Like we got to see yeah. against, especially in ACC play, right? Like there's going to be matchup things as well. You talked about in our little group chat with Zion about the, the matchup issues with Houston and Christian Reeves maybe not playing as much for the, for the reason of the matchup issues. Um, if if you're playing guys who play small ball, you're not going to see Flip and Lively on the floor very much together. Um, you're going to see Mitchell at the four more often, I think. And so uh, with bigger teams, you're probably going to see it more often, but I think it's going to be on a game-by-game basis. And as long as Shire can, can convey that to the guys in a way that makes sense and they understand that, hey, maybe against BC, you're not going to play as much as you would against Virginia or uh, or North Carolina when they're bigger teams. I don't remember if Virginia's big this year or not, but North Carolina obviously is. And so yeah. um, I, I think it's going to be a matchup thing night by night with these guys. Um, but I, I don't see why they couldn't share the floor together against teams who have a big or two uh, to go against. We also just might be like uh, Ryan's team of Duke players and just like punt defense to some extent. Um, hey, I'm all for it, man. Let's yeah. Going. Uh, Duke Monty, which healthy closing lineup would you favor compared to one Ken Palm would probably favor? Like, I don't, I don't know that Ken Palm would know at this point in the season who would be a good closing lineup. I mean, uh, again, matchup dependent, but like, I, I really want to see how like Lively's like shooting goes before I like make a strong uh statement here. I, Roach and Proctor definitely have to be on the floor. Whitehead definitely has to be on the floor. If Flip is making shots, including free throws, there's there's a world in which you do probably need him out there, uh, mm-hmm. even with the defensive concerns. Um, yeah, I, I, I need to see more about the free throw shooting before I make a strong judgment there. Do you agree? Yeah, you're a smart man. I would have thought about that, but that's a really good point is down the stretch you need free throw shooters and something that probably goes – uh, not talked about enough is having those guys that can be out on the floor, uh, ball handling, uh, solid ball handling yeah. uh, and, and free throw shooting. And so I think you're going to see Roach and it'll be Roach and Proctor, obviously. Um, and then just depending upon if Ryan Young or Derek Lively can shoot the the free throw better, I would assume Flip's a good free throw shooter. And then with Flip more Brown. than anything else is just the best passer of that group. Uh, and just in terms of moving the ball around, making good looks, making good reads, I, I trust his IQ there in those situations. Um, crazy talk. How many of our 2023 and 2024 commitments will Louisville flip? That's pretty funny. Um, none, uh, new Derek timeline. We don't know, uh, impact of bill selfless Kansas team in the champions classic. I I love that. He's not there. He's a good coach. (laughs) Like I'd I'd rather an assistant be dealing with it considering we'll be shorthanded. Um, should Duke fans feel good or bad about Duke's performance in the scrimmage? Uh, good. Yeah, I think I think either way is fine, but I do yeah, think I'd say good. I'd say good to even. Like I don't, I wouldn't feel bad about it. We were out two yeah. of our best players, and we play one of the best team here favorites. So yeah. Uh, oh yeah, and the scrimmage. Oh yeah, I feel fine about the scrimmage. I was thinking about the blue white game. I do think we're gonna struggle shooting the ball from three this year. Um, I'd be, I mean, maybe not once the team gets more used to it. Uh, and then who's the bigger scumbag, Bruce Pearl or John Calipari? <laughs> I'm going to go Bruce Pearl. Kyle Parry's changed me in the last couple of years here. That was from the uh, Dom bag, by the way. Yeah, with, I, I agree. Cal's just a salesman, dude. Like he'll, 100%. he, he's a liar, but he's a liar in the way that like any salesman would be. Like if you look yeah. at Bruce Pearl's like Twitter and shit, it's, it's pretty dire, man. It's, it's yeah. rough, rough stuff. Um, Ryan, I know you've got to go uh, tell the good people of the podcast world where they can find you. Yeah, man. Just on Twitter at the Duke nation. Um, I I'm pretty quiet in the summertime because I spend way too much time not getting paid to tweet during the season. So I take the summers off for the most part besides retweets and stuff. So yeah, I'd be ramping up the content there and we'll be on 
crazy Twitter live uh, a lot this season. Um, and yeah, I hope to come back on here at some point when I'm not sick and can give better insight on uh, how this team's looking and, and chat more number stuff. Cause I'm nowhere near the level of you, but I, I, I do enjoy looking at numbers and, and all of the stats and nerds out there. So I, I appreciate what you do here. Love it. And, and Gavin high asked real quick, what do you think of the current starting lineup with Mitchell flip and young versus Grandison Mitchell and flip or young? I think neither Mitchell nor Grandison is a three is my like is my like yeah really reductive take at least you know maybe defensively Mitchell's got a little more versatility in that respect but like I, yeah. I think Shire has real questions to answer on the defensive end 100 percent yeah yeah I agree. uh I'm Duke better on Twitter people uh follow me there um also I've got I wrote a Hallmark Christmas movie this is true by the way I wrote a Hallmark mm. Christmas movie uh, it premieres Friday, November 11th, 8 p.m. It's called In Merry Measure. Uh, it would mean a lot to me if everybody would uh, watch it or set your DVRs or tell the people in your life that like watching Hallmark Christmas movies to go watch it so that we have uh, some dope ratings. It's my first Hallmark Christmas movie. It will not be my last. So, uh, you know, let's let's support your boy in his real world away from uh, silly tweets uh, endeavors. I love it, man. Congratulations. Um, Thank you, man. Thank you. So for Ryan and for myself, Russell, this has been Duke by the Numbers. Let's go to Health Carolina. What are we talking about here?